to the Age of Light podcast. I'm your host, Darlene, a certified coach and hypnotist that is dedicated to supporting you as you reignite your fire. Together, we will cover topics from well-being and spirituality to confidence and business. Get ready to be activated and receive your permission slip to be authentically you and live beyond limits. So let's shake up your belief system and step through the portal of possibilities. Be warned. This podcast will lift your vibration. Hello and welcome back to my podcast and to another solo episode with me. I'm currently sat in the darkest room of the house, which is also the quietest one. We have like a middle room between the living room and the kitchen room. And because we live on quite a loud road, it is perfect, but it's also very dark, even though it is only 4.30 here at the moment. Um, I am recording this on my iPhone, as I have since the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> I just find it very easy. Um, it also makes me feel like I am sending a voice note to a friend. Fun fact. Um, so yeah, here we are today. And I want to speak to you about... <sighs> something that I have not really shared very much in depth about um, as far as I can remember. So I want to share about my journey moving to the UK at 18 without a plan. Without a plan. Because people ask me this all the time when I say, yeah, I've lived here for seven years. I moved over here, you know, when I was 18. And people keep asking me, was it to study, to go to university? Nah. I had no plan. <laughs> so, so yeah, I thought um, I would kind of share a little bit more on that on a different kind of level as well as to um, why I moved over here in the first place. And one of the big things that has been coming up for me a lot over these last few weeks is, you know, what is fitting in? And that's a whole other episode. <laughs> That's a, that would be a whole other episode. Um, but having come from such different backgrounds, you know, my journey in the UK, um, especially alone, how that has impacted where I am now. Um, for those of you that, you know, might be listening to this for the first time and are like, who is this person? Why does she sound American? Because I get that all the time. Um, <laughs> I am originally German, but I grew up in Portugal. Um, my family moved me there when I was six. Um, my family is completely very, very German, um, so to say. But I did go to, um, you know, public school in Portugal. I grew up there. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of it. And then at 18, I decided to move to England. Of all places, England. <laughs> Which is not of all places. I mean, it's a pretty cool place to be. Um, but, yeah, that move, um, I mean, I'm going to jump into it. A little bit more in depth in a second um but yeah when I was 18 I just finished school actually this was well I finished school in 2014 um and I didn't actually get into the university that I wanted to go to which was film school and the reason why I didn't is that I failed my Portuguese exam so the system in Portugal, I don't know if it's still the same, 
but back in the day, because I feel like this has been so long ago now, um, because I did, um, so they don't really have A-levels or I don't know where you are from the world listening to this, but it's pretty much um, just a course kind of thing that you have to do in the last three years at school. I'm not going to go into much depth because otherwise I'd be here explaining the whole system. It's very different anyways. Um, but to go to film school, um, I would have basically, if I would have done a, an art course, there would have been different subjects that would have maybe given me an in. But because I studied languages and humanities, I know, um, I needed, all I needed, all they wanted was my Portuguese exam grade. And I really struggled. I wasn't an incredible, I wasn't a very smart, um, not smart, but I just, I really struggled with the academic side of things. I I personally do not do well with memorizing things. I cannot do tests or exams. Um, they're just, they're, they've just never been easy for me. And I had to work very hard to get average grades, basically. Um, my way of learning is very different. Um, I have had incredible grades ever since I've moved to the UK because I picked courses that were very hands-on. Um, if you're from the UK, you might know, you know, BTEC is very different from A-levels, for example, and I did a BTEC when I came over. But even though I had already done an equivalent to A-levels, I redid it because I knew that if I ever wanted to go to university that I would have to do that. But I'm going to give that, I'm going to get into that in a second. But anyways... I tried to do, um, so I did my Portuguese exam at the end of the year. I was going through a very, 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 very difficult time in my life. Probably one of the most difficult times of my childhood, teenage, teenagehood, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was in a very toxic relationship and it was a long distance relationship. There were very many complications, um, religious complications, this is a whole story that could be turned into a film or a book, but um, I don't really want to get too much into that. But it was a very, very traumatic experience and I wasn't doing very well at the time. Surprise. Um, and this was, I think, June or July, it would have been, of 2014. So I took that exam and I wasn't, I wasn't doing great by any means. I hadn't really prepared for that. But it's also safe to say that um, I really struggled with, um, even though speaking Portuguese for me is absolutely fine you know I'm fluent in it and obviously I did 12 school 12 school years so um, but it was still very difficult for me to do that exam and I think I was short of like 0 0.2 uh, 0.2 points um, to get a pass <laughs> I was very close but I didn't quite make it and even though I retook the exam later on and I did get a much higher grade than that um, the university rejected me, even though they didn't ask for a showreel. It's not like here in the UK. I don't know what it's like in other places, but here in the UK, you have to write a whole personal statement, um, especially for film school as well. You hand in a showreel and some other artistic evidence. Um, at least that's what happened to the one that I applied to. Um, so... Yeah, so it was a very different process, so they didn't really care about any of that. They just wanted to see my Portuguese exam, which obviously wasn't great, so I didn't get in. And I didn't really want to go to any of the other universities. I didn't really have any ambition. As I said, I was going through a really, really difficult time of my life. Um, and I have a lot of compassion for the girl that had to go through all of that 
within me. I have so much love for her now because it was an incredibly tough time. Um, and I have so much love for my family who, who was there for me and supported me. Um, but as that summer came to a close and I was still very much um, in a not so great situation, very isolated from everything, um, as the months went by, I actually traveled to the UK, I think twice within that year. Um, and it was, it was a very different culture to me. I felt like people were a little bit more open, a little bit kinder, a little bit more um, there. I don't know how to explain it, but it, it was very different to um, the way I grew up in Portugal. I didn't feel as separate from people. Um, and so in January, so basically, oh, let me put this into words. I'm just trying to think of the whole timeline in my head um, because it all seems so far away now. But I just remember one of the times that I went, I actually ended up in Sheffield. And after that, you know, the question for me and my parents was always, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? All of my friends were starting university and I was not. I was just at home, not doing anything. I didn't have a job because the one job that <laughs> the one job that I did apply to and didn't want one day with turned out to be a pretty big scam. Um, so <laughs> that kind of put me off of job hunting for a little bit. Um, but that's a whole other story. Um, and yeah, so I literally just didn't know what to do and as I came to the UK the second time in that year I was around Sheffield and I thought you know what what if I could just move here what if I could you know try something else um and start over because in my head I felt like running away from the space that I was in would be so easy if I just moved away. In my brain, that made total sense. Um, of just running away from my problems by moving abroad. Yes, um, 18 year old me. So I decided to ask my parents. My parents obviously weren't thrilled. My parents would have preferred me to move to Germany because you know they know Germany, they don't know the UK. Um, they have no idea where I would be what it would look like, what the legislations are, I don't know, everything. They were just worried for me. So I decided to put a plan together. Um, and I thought I could just, you know, go there, do an apprenticeship and chill out for a little bit. That was the dream. And that's what I pitched to my parents. And they, um, you know, after avoiding it for a long time, I just made them sit down and listen to me. Um, and they were like, all right, okay, then, okay, that's fine. You can do that. Um, of course, I had some savings. Don't mind me, I blew most of them on my um, horrible, toxic relationship. I did, um, as you do. Um, but I then came back in January 2015 to Sheffield to meet with the person that I was speaking about apprenticeships with and to view a home that I would later stay in as a share house. So I did that, I did all of that, signed all of that, um, except for the apprenticeship, because it was all up in the air. And I came in March, on the 1st, 1st of March, 2015, I arrived in Sheffield. Yoo-hoo. And um, 
just before that as well, um, I had broken up with my toxic relationship <laughs> that I was in before that, um, quite a few months before that. Um, and yeah, so that, that happened before then. So a lot was going on internally as I was trying to find my feet in the world again. Um, and I naturally felt, I don't really know how to describe what I felt, but I felt like I wanted a really fresh new beginning. And I had these ideas in my head of what it would be like. I had this idea in my head, you know, that for some reason I would just flip a switch and I would have this perfect life. That if I moved abroad, everything would be fine. If I moved to the UK, you know, I will have this shiny new life and no more problems. Of course, that's not what happened at all. Of course, um, you know, I lived... As soon as I arrived into the space and to the share house, I didn't like where I was. I felt very uncomfortable and I moved out um, in just just around a month. I moved out. Um, I moved into another place. Um, I started a job um, as a waitress. But before that, I think I spent about three months not really knowing my place, um, feeling very lost. My mental health was hitting rock bottom. And I don't say this lightly. And I don't really speak about this a lot. And it is in the past. And I, as I say, I have a lot of com compassion for the person that I was back then and what she was going through. Um, it was a very, very difficult time because I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone in the UK. Well, I, I think I knew one person um, that I spoke to on Instagram or, um, you know, but I didn't have anyone regular in my life. I didn't feel like I had anyone in my life that I could 100% rely on or um that really got who I was um I felt very alone it was a very very dark time um and I just wish no one would ever have to feel like that I'm not going to lie um it was incredibly incredibly difficult um mentally and physically just battling with myself internally and externally on my body as well and it wasn't, it wasn't that start that I wanted. It felt like I had taken three steps back. And the worst part of this is that I didn't want anyone back home to know because I didn't want to go back. My worst fear, my worst possible outcome of that whole situation was that my parents would say, you, ha you need to come back. And I didn't want that. So I stayed quiet um, on the down low for quite some time I didn't really speak to many people at all um, and once I started this job at the restaurant which I just got through one of the people that was in my house share things started to really look up um, which was very great um, I started to become busier which was good which was so good um, for anyone who has you know spent I don't know who's who's had depression in the past or uh, severe anxiety if you're alone with your thoughts for very very long periods um, it's not good it's not good if you're not busy um, or if you're not around people um, it just becomes so isolating and worse over time so that was one of the big biggest um, things where things just became less especially um, the the physical weight on me um, or the physical tolls on me that it was taking 
um, it was just so, it was, it was very different, but I still felt really alone. I was surrounded by people, but I personally still, still felt really alone. I felt like it was very difficult to, um, you know, incorporate into groups, especially, um, I mean, I don't know what it's like down South in London, but Sheffield, um, it's South Yorkshire up here in England, it's in the North. Um, and I felt like, you know, most people had already grown up with their friends, friend groups. It wasn't like you meet people and you just become friends. It felt more like people had tightly knit groups and I felt like there was no way in for me. I felt like there was no space for me. So I've, I found it very difficult, especially because I wasn't in education. I wasn't really, well, I, at the time I didn't have the money to do many other things other than work. I was working part-time. I wasn't working full-time, by the way. Um, so I found it very difficult to um, to connect still. And I remember this moment. I will never forget. I, I very sadly cannot remember his name, but there was one person that I worked with at the restaurant that was one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, and he was very, very kind and we got along so, so well. And we were cleaning, we were doing the clean down of all the tables. And he asked me, what are you going to do this weekend? And I said, nothing. Um, I don't really have any friends here. Um, and he laughed and he was like, haha, that's so funny. Um, because he generally didn't realize that I was being serious. And I, I just looked at him and said, no, seriously, like, I don't know anyone and this was I think the week before I was leaving and moving to Manchester and he you could see how shocked he was and how he was he just said to me it's such a shame that you're leaving now because like like <laughs> we could totally hang out and I thought um you know had I soon said something sooner maybe I would have found more connections, but I just didn't feel like I wanted to share that because I felt embarrassed. There was a part of me that felt embarrassed to say that I didn't really have connections. And, you know, I was in a phase as well, maybe some of you can resonate, where you just keep meeting the wrong people. And the connections that you make are just, they're either contributing to the worsening of your mental health or not contributing at all. So, um, or just feel very aimless, um, in that sense. So, yeah, so <laughs> those were, I think the first six months or not even, I think I was March, March, April, May. Yeah, it was six months, just about six months. Um, and there's a whole other story that I could tell you about the house shows I was in. Oh my goodness. I actually uploaded a YouTube video about this years ago, um, but my house share experiences weren't great. Um, that's that's a whole other story if you want to hear about it. Um, but the funny thing is about that. Um, well, the the first I guess like coming back to the first six months that I was there, I think I came to the UK with about two hundred quid in my pocket, and that's not a lot of money. Um, I I was very 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 blessed that my family did help me out with paying rent. Um, and at the time, I think the minimum wage was about like five pounds an hour. So I think I got like five pounds an hour, which isn't a lot. Um, and I was working part time. So I was making just enough to cover everything else. Um, and I didn't know what I was doing for those first six months. I had no idea. I felt very aimless. That apprenticeship didn't work out because I was too late to the enrollment. But I did enroll into um, English and maths because those were the basic levels that I needed. Um, 
if I ever wanted to go to university. There was something intuitive, like I never really thought about this when I first came here. I never thought of preparing to go to university. That was never really a thought in my head because I was like, I don't really think I want to go to university. But when I was speaking to, um, I think maybe it was the secretary, I can't, I can, honestly cannot even remember. I can remember what the college looks like. Um, it was the Hillsborough College, um, I think that's how, how you say it. Um, and I would just pop in, I think, once a week or once every two weeks for a maths class or an English class. And it was just the basics. Um, there were some lovely people in there that also just were taking it. Um, they had come to the UK and they were just taking it to get work. Um, so it was really, really lovely, very supportive environment as well. Um, and funnily enough, this is actually one of my favorite things and one of the times where I started believing again where I started believing in synchronicities again and I I believed um how things work out for you how things you know work for you because I was coming out of um probably the darkest period of my life and I don't say that lightly um and I find it very hard to to still talk about that so if you're listening to this thank you so much um, but I can't, I can't even remember. So basically there was this, um, YouTuber, I think she was called something like Bethany. Oh, I can't remember her last name, sadly. Um, <laughs> it would come to me at some point, but right now I can't remember. Um, but she was, um, a UK YouTuber. I think she was part of like a little group with like Luke Cutsworth and, Emma Blackery, maybe they weren't a group, but I can remember her in correlation with them for some reason. But back in 2015, I think it was around August, she did um, a meet and greet, so to say, and a YouTube workshop, I want to say. Uh, by the way, I was running a YouTube channel for a few years. Obviously, I didn't really document um, any of the bad parts, but I did document some of the journeys. I had a shaved side of the head back then. Surprise. As well, people are always really shocked when I say this, but I did. Um, <laughs> I was having a moment that whole year or uh, for a few years. Um, but I went to, um, yeah, I went to that. I saw that and I thought, oh, that's amazing wow <laughs> so I decided to go and it was a whole day trip for me because it was in Manchester it was right in town and I went to that um not really thinking much of it I was just really excited to meet um Beth and um to be there and I was so nervous and I remember going to this college called Access to Music um if you were there maybe you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> there were a few people, I think we were like 20 or 30 people. I can't remember. Um, but it was like an underground college, music college. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Um, and basically we went into this big room and she held a presentation and I was like, oh my God, it's her. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, she held this presentation and then we... I think she had like a meet and greet. I even had her in my YouTube video. Like she actually um, said something in a video of mine. And back then my, my channel was called Colorful Darls. <laughs> uh, bless, bless me from back then. Um, but um, yeah, so we had, um, we had that. And then we took a big group picture, okay? And I was stood 
next to this um, smaller girl. Um, and this guy came up to us, to all of us, I think, individually. And he looked a little bit like PewDiePie, not gonna lie. Um, a lot of people thought that whilst he was at the college, but he came up to us and he was like, hey, like we're starting this new media course um, in September. Would you want to join? Like this is, you know, it's we're just starting it. So, you know, whatever. Because uh, it was a, a music college mainly, but they were starting this media course. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I, I just signed up. I didn't think anything of it literally nothing no thought I just signed up and I was like yeah sure and I think a few weeks later I was called in for an interview and I was like what um so I went to that interview and I didn't think much of it again I didn't I I was just like oh wow this is this is interesting um and I just enrolled and I just started this course um so as I said at the beginning I redid my A-levels while well, with the B-Tech course, basically. Um, and I just thought, you know what, this would be fun. This would be good. Um, this would be a great way to continue. And so that is exactly what I did. I moved out of um, my house in Sheffield and I moved all the way to Manchester into a lovely shared house um, by this lady it, it was owned by a lady named Denise she was absolutely wonderful I meant I'm gonna mention her because she was and she is one of the nicest people I have met on my journey she was so incredibly lovely and welcoming and um I was searching for so long on spare room and when I walked into her home she was immediately so welcoming and she was um away traveling she was um, working in dog rescue centers in Romania whilst I would, um, you know, take up the spare room and live with her son. Um, so it was a very, very wonderful environment. And I remember one time I was really sick when she came back for a few weeks and she made me food. Um, she <laughs> took such good care of me whenever she was there. And, um, she was just such a nurturing and wonderful soul. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to mention her because she was absolutely incredible. And then after a while, um, well, first I want to mention this because this was one of the most amazing things um, that I need to mention. So, you know, this all, I started this course in the, in Manchester. Um, I don't know when I'm going to stop talking about this whole journey, but I'm just going to keep going until I feel like I should stop. Um, but I remember, so this course that I started, there was only about five or six of us, two other girls, as far as I can remember, and two boys. Um, and the girls were called April and the other one was called Gina. Absolutely loved them to the bits still. There were, you know, some of the best people I had ever met. Um, and I, yeah, we became pretty good friends being the only two other people in the course um but they were absolutely amazing and um I remember sitting down on a break I can't remember whether it was lunch or something but me and Gina we were just talking away and we were talking I don't not even know how it came up but I think I got up the picture of the open day or not the open day the meet and greet that we did with Bethany um and I realized she was the girl in the picture that was right next to me. 
She was stood right next to me. We didn't say a word to each other that day. And this always makes me really emotional to think about, but we were right next to each other four months ago and we had no idea and we enrolled on this course we had no recollection of each other um but we became such incredibly good friends and I still love her to bits today we were still in contact um and one of the one of the last weeks of college because that course was only two years um she put together a whole video she was she's one of these kind people that just documents everything she's so thoughtful and she documented um I think she did a treasure hunt for each one of us um for me April and um Lee and she documented it all I had a fringe back then (laughs) those videos it's crazy to think um and I still love watching them back um but she documented all of that And at the end, at the very end of the course, we took a picture in the same exact place we stood when we went to that um, to that meet and greet because we didn't know we were standing next to each other. And I still think that is so insane that um, that happened and we had no idea and we just became such incredibly good friends. But that is one of the many, 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 many synchronicities I have found over the years about... Um, this whole journey of life but um shortly after um I I think it was April 2016 I moved out of the share house and into my very own first one-bedroom flat um which I loved and as I said I didn't really want to go to university I didn't have any interest but I decided to go to film school which is exactly what I did um and that's how you know, a lot of other things have happened and um, I was supposed to graduate the year that the pandemic hit. I graduated this year, 2022 instead. Um, (laughs) I mean, I had the graduation, I did graduate two years ago, but yeah. Um, So yeah, it um, was a wild ride and I could sit here probably tell you the whole story of all all of these seven years. Um, But those first six months were just I think I really needed to be down in the mud in order to appreciate where I am now and I carried very heavy beliefs back then about who I was and how my brain worked or where I was going to be um, especially in relation to my mental health and I think a lot of that was caused by the fact that I was realizing that I couldn't just move away and run away from my problems that a lot of you know the ideas that I had in my mind weren't going to come into fruition unless I actually put in the work and if you've listened to some of my other episodes you will know how you know this whole journey this more spiritual journey has started for me or really unraveled for me um but yeah those excuse me those first few months of being in the UK were really um, really life-changing in a very, very different sense to now. Um, and they still, they still are with me, but not in a heavy way. They are with me as a symbol of strength and survival and just gratitude for where I am today. 
And if you have ever struggled with mental health or you have felt alone or you have felt like you are a threat to yourself, um, I recommend getting help as quickly as possible. Um, when I finally built up the courage um, through some of my online friends back then um, who so wonderfully supported me in a time where I didn't want to bother um, most people with it, I decided to speak to doctors, get help, speak to psychologists. Um, I have had around, I think, five or six different counsellors as therapists. Um, and it's wonderful what that can do for you. It's incredibly nourishing to give yourself that space um, and really learn to live your life in a much, much more supportive way from the inside out. Because at the end of the day, we are our biggest critics. And our internal world has a hold of the way that we experience our external world. And vice versa, our external world can have a really big impact on our internal world. But what I want you to take away from this is that um, you can do anything and be anyone and that asking for support is one of the most amazing things that you can do, especially if you feel like you cannot support yourself and that's okay. And the moment that you start asking for support is when you actually might open yourself up to better possibilities because if I hadn't started to get support um, and leave my room again and start you know a part-time job or dragging myself out to events that made me incredibly anxious but I still felt like I needed to go you know um I wouldn't I maybe I wouldn't be here right now um so it's very very important to take that action for yourself for no one else um for yourself or for someone else if you if that helps you um of course but you are seen, you are here for a reason, and you were born absolutely worthy. And it took me such a long time to really believe that. But you were born worthy of being here and sharing who you are today with the world. And that's exactly what I want to do um, as best as I can. More on this podcast is to share more of me with you um, because I find it still sometimes hard to share these things, but I feel like the things that are hardest to share are the things that maybe some of you need to hear. And yeah, so this isn't one of those stories of this is how I made a million dollars at 18. Nope. <laughs> this is a reality check um, of it was it was effing difficult. It was so difficult. It was so incredibly difficult and it nearly cost me my life. Um and not to say that the experience of moving abroad cost me my life, but everything added together in that time of my life nearly cost me um, my living life, my breathing self. So here I am today, um, luckily through the decisions and the beautiful people that I have met along the way, I am here today to be able to tell you this story and to tell you that it does get better because, oh my God, I feel like 18 to 21 are such chaotic years 
there's so much chaos. I felt so much chaos. I mean, but even before that, from your teenage years up until I was 21, 22, I felt so much chaos. It is only just now, I'm 26 now, by the way. <laughs> oh my God, how am I saying I'm 26? Ah, um, But from the moment that I hit 25, it kind of has felt like things are moving into a clearer direction. Um, and that is not to say that I'm settling. Uh-uh, no, 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 we're nowhere near settling, but I feel like I've gained so much more clarity over the last two, three years of who I am and what I want to do. Um, and one of those things is share more of me with you because there is so much shame, I think, around sharing these things when they don't go, you know, super well. Because we want to just share our successes. We want to share how good something was. How good we are at doing something. How magical it was to move abroad and um, all that stuff. But it, it can be a real challenge. Especially when you have no clue who you are and what you want to do. Um, I put on so many different, I guess, masks and outfits when I first came over here. I didn't know who I wanted to be. I did things that were so out of character for the person that I actually am um, because I didn't know who to be. I didn't know who I was and I felt like I had to be all of these different people to match my pain levels, to match um, my mental state. I had to do all of these other things, um, which wasn't who I truly was, but I just felt like I was in this trance and this um, kind of fog of my life. And I'll be honest, I don't remember a lot. I don't remember a lot of the first six months. Um, so I can, I've been very vague, I think, about the first um, six months, especially the first three months. I don't remember much of it. It was a very, very big, hazy part of my life, um, mentally. Um, and there's just a lot of gaps for me, um, maybe, from the trauma that I lived back in those, um, back in those months. But that's my brain trying to protect me from what has happened, and that is okay. Um, so if you have gone through something like that and you feel like you can't remember bits and bobs, that's okay. Maybe your brain is just trying to protect you. I actually cannot remember many parts of my toxic... Um, my first relationship was, was that one. Um... And I cannot remember much of it at all. I think I did a whole episode on my traumatic relationships and friendships a very long time ago. But I did take it down because um, I just felt like it wasn't something that I wanted to share anymore at that time. So I kept it up for a few months, but then I took it down. Um, and maybe I will reshare it at some point. But right now I just don't feel like that is something that I want to go in depth on yet. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, if you feel like you'd like to hear about it, let me know. Um, but I want to do this very intuitively. I don't want to force anything, um, that doesn't feel like it is right to share. Um, and I know that even though I say that, I know that sharing some of these episodes is a little bit of an edge for me. Um, but I am doing it not out of wanting anyone's pity not wanting anyone's, um, oh my god, I'm so sorry you had to go through that, um, I just want to be able to share this with you, um, 
especially with people who might have experienced the same thing or are experiencing the same thing to know that you're not alone and that um it doesn't all have to be glossed over um so yeah um I have a lot of compassion for the person that I used to be and the things that I had to go through in order to be here but I wouldn't be the person that I am today if I didn't have to be down in the mud uh, if I would have never been down in the mud I would have never found gold the gold that I have today uh, which is the life that I have today um, the awareness the consciousness the gratitude the love for myself that I have today I wouldn't have any of that if I hadn't experience what I had experienced um even though it's taken me a very long time to digest and I think some parts of me are still digesting everything um but yeah I just wanted to share that with you today (sighs) I don't know how long I've been speaking for wow I've been speaking for 40 minutes this is one of the longest episodes I've done in a very long time especially a solo episode so anyways if you've made it this far thank you (laughs) thank you for listening um and i hope you took something away from the story um and maybe some of it resonated with you um if yes then amazing if not amazing uh, <laughs> thank you for listening anyways um and i'm going to leave it here because i need to walk my dog and just get some fresh air um immerse myself in the forest and just you know, soak it all up. I'm just so grateful that I get to share this on here. I feel like a little bit of weight has been lifted off my chest um, sharing this because um, I like to share this as a big success. When people, you know, ask me, you know, where am I from? And I say, I'm German, but I grew up in Portugal. I moved here when I was 18. People are always like, oh my God, you're so brave. Wow. And I take a lot of, um, I'm very proud that I did that. But I do not directly speak of the struggles that it came with. Um, So I wanted to be much more transparent about that um, because it wasn't all smooth sailing and, you know, job after job, getting the perfect house. Um, I'm still not not quite there. Um, You know, it has taken me a long time to build the life that I have today. Um, So, yeah, there is it's, it's a long journey and I'm okay with that. And I love where I am today um and if I could look back on the last the last seven years ago I would have wished I was wishing so badly for a cozy home you know next to nature a dog a loving partner a car a piano um you know all of these little things that I didn't have back then I do have now I have all of those things. Um, I'm renting a beautiful two-bedroom home and a beautiful, cute little village with so much forest, so many parks, so many walks, reservoirs, a, a little vegan coffee shop. That's like the only coffee shop like on the road. Um, I have a car, which you know happened in the last two years, but I never thought I would be able to afford something like that. I have a job that I actually enjoy so much um well too actually I mean I have my my day job um but then I also have my business that I love and the people that I love in my life and my partner who I love and a dog that I love and 
um, seven years ago, that's what I wished for. I was wishing for that so badly. And now I have that. And I'm so grateful that I do and that I get to look back at her and be like, hey, it was so tough and you nearly gave up, but we're here now. We've got it. We did it. And there's so much more that we are about to do. Um, So yeah, anyways, I will leave it here. Um, Thank you so much for listening to what feels like a very, very long voice note to a friend. Um, And if you're listening to this, thank you so much for listening, friend. Thank you. I appreciate you. And please email me um, growing to, at growing to be me at gmail.com or DM me on I am Dar- at I am Darlene Clug on Instagram. If this has resonated with you, if there's any major takeaways, feel free to voice note me as well. I love listening to people's voice notes. If you don't want to type, I'm a very voice notey person. If you know me, you will know that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, anyways, I send you so much love. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day, evening, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. I just hope that you have a splendid time. <laughs> and again thank you so much for giving me your time which is your most precious resource and i hope you found some comfort and listening to this and i send you so so much love bye bye